This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Alrighty then, hello, my name is Chris Latore, and you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 76, where I cover all the new comics that came out on October 12th. And let me tell you, this particular issue is a delicious jelly-filled donut of fun. That's right, comic book deliciousness. I'm your sugar-filled host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining in on the good time that is Sunspots Comics, where I give you an awesome list of amazing comic books that come out every week. I give you my recommendations of things to buy and read. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please urge a loved one and please yourself follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. And a couple of thank yous quickly. Thank you to Nick Papa George for our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Pop underscore D's. Thank you so much, Nick. Our fantastic, amazing... I just, every single week, I'm amazed by it. It gets stuck in my brain. I love it. Thank you for making our, our theme song. And to my son, Justin Jables Latori, who's actually writing our blog for Sunspots Comics. He just recently wrote one about his review of the Netflix series Luke Cage, season one. So check it out. You can follow Justin on Instagram, at JustLAKings, and of course, on blog.sunspotscomics.com. So thank you so much there, Justin. I appreciate that. So let's jump right into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 76, where I actually go right into this interview that I recorded with our brand new sponsor, Julian. I just thought he was nice enough to support us here at Sunspots Comics, and I just wanted to give a little something back. I tell you, I listen to probably 10.8 million podcasts. Uh, It's actually more like 10.8275. And I never hear any conversations or introductions or little interviews about sponsors that they have. I mean... A lot of podcasts are starting to have sponsors now, and you just never really get to hear the the name, see the face behind the sponsorship, and that's why I wanted to introduce you guys to Julian and just kind of him and I talk and have a little chit-chat. It was just a lot of fun, so I'm going to jump right into that, so here you go. Enjoy it. This is our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo, Uh, myself and Julian having a little convo. Here you go. Okay, so I'm here with my special guest, Julian of Cryptid Zoo. How's it going, Julian? Pretty good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for being on. So thank you very much for partnering with us and becoming our sponsor. And I wanted no to take a, take a second to do something a little different that you don't see on podcasts, which is actually uh, let the listeners hear your voice and for you and I to have a little chit-chat and introduce the Sunspots Comics listeners to Cryptid Zoo. So tell us, what the heck is it? <laughs> <laughs> Cryptid Zoo is uh, roughly a line of t-shirts I've created around uh, my original artwork. I'm a I have, I'm an illustrator, cartoonist, uh, trained in animation and uh, storyboards, and I've done a few indie comics. Um, 
visual storytelling is kind of my, my, my chosen field. But I started Cryptid Zoo as a way to kind of get away from the computer. And um, I've always liked graphic tees, but I like the idea of, um, of, of focused theme. I like the idea of a, of a more focused theme. And um, I had an opportunity to uh, show at WonderCon when I was up here in the Bay Area. I got invited by some friends who were in the artist alley there to they let me sit in on their table, basically. And so I knew I wanted to do something. I didn't really have anything. I didn't have sketchbooks. I didn't have anything prepared. I was like, I'm going to make a t-shirt. And I scoured through all the designs I had. And the one that kept calling me, the one that was closest to really being done, really was the most holographic, was this Bigfoot image I had uh, that I called Skunk Ape. And I liked it. And so I went ahead and I refined it. And I put it out. I printed it. The reception was pretty good. I really wasn't thinking of a line of t-shirts at this time. It was more just a random, like, let's just do this and make this happen. Um, but, you know, I, so I went to a printer. I had them printed. Um, went to the WonderCon. It was a good show. A, a small six-foot table with, like, four other artists. Some of them were re really talented. Um, and I did pretty well. Nice. Um, considering, right? Considering everything, it was a pretty good show. Just one design. And so I knew I wanted... I knew I had something, but it was kind of depressing because, you know, to start a... I don't have any money to invest. Um, sure. Family is coming on. Uh, I have my job. Every, everything's all accounted for, right? I got my student loan debt. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized if I wanted to do this, I was like, well, screen printing is not that. How hard can it be? How old is it? <laughs> you know, that was my question. Like, how old is this process? And I was like, well, oh, all right. And so I looked around. I used to hear that Oak Oakland was this mecca of screen printing. And so I thought it would be really easy to find like a co-op that I could learn printing and start. It took me a long time to find something, but I got started in uh, Mission Graphica in uh, in the Mission District here in San Francisco. All right. They had classes, and I would learn. I applied. Everyone else was kind of just hippy trippy. I was like focused. I was, uh, you know, once I saw the Bigfoot, and once I started, once I got access, and I started learning. I was looking at my designs. And I went, oh, really? Wait a second. Cryptozoology. It's uh, recognizable figures, right? They're iconic, similar to Batman. You know, but and as long as you work within certain parameters of the design, as long as they're recognizable, you have but you have creative freedom in there. And it seemed like a neat thought. I've always loved the stories of ghost stories, unknown animals. It it, it was a it was a it was a specific theme that I think I can expand and paint with a big brush. And so I started a few designs, um, joined the street arts program here, went to a few comic cons, which sell once in a while as a hobby. And eventually, kind of once I started adding, once I went to this you know, I got up to about five designs and I knew I had a set. And then now I've started kind of last couple of years, I've been kind of working at it. Like I would say part-time on a full-time basis. Every Saturday I go out to Justin Herman Plaza and I kind of display the artwork, uh, sell t-shirts, um, show people it and, um, and it worked. But the, you know, so it's basically my designs and a rep centered around crypt crypt cryptozoology, right? Um, that's that's the long answer. Sorry about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but then sometime during that, before a couple years ago, I read an article about augmented reality, and I had this Bigfoot shirt, and I had a squid shirt, and I had a Thunderbird and a Loch Ness monster. I had the pantheon of cryptids, right, or a little section of the pantheon of cryptids. And I read this article about augmented reality, and. While I was stuck in traffic, it thought to me, like, that would be really neat if I could take that Patterson-Gimlin footage. Like, remember, I have, a, I have a background in animation, so I was like, if I could find that footage, I wonder if I could do something with it. So manipulating the media really wasn't hard for me. 
it was just, could I apply that to this technology and use that technology with this image? That would be really, it kind of just, it was just the, this really innocent thought, like that would be really neat. And um, it was very neat. I mean, that's, I met you at Long Beach Comic Con and I was blown away by it. I mean, the technology, it also was just very seamless and worked very easily and we popped it right up. And I love that you even had the Donald Trump uh, showing that, that where he was singing Green Acres sometime yeah. in the 80s. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been going to YouTube for inspiration. Uh, my buddy uh, found that clip my, uh, himself when he was making a, a video. And I said, dude, I'm making this Trump shirt. I got to use it. And um, I actually, actually threw the Trump shirt as a link to his full video. Um, and yeah, YouTube has been a treasure trove. Um, and it's a lot of people use it for, um, for 3d animation and for 3d modeling and stuff like that. And I'm very familiar with that, but I think the simple concept was just applying video to it. And I think there's naturally story in the Bigfoot. There's story in any creature, right? There's story in any animal basically, right? Every, right. every animal, every creature has a story. And if the augmentations, if the videos and animations I attach to it through the app, um, work with it, they expand on the story of it. So it's kind of a new form of storytelling, I guess, is where I'd like to take it. It's kind of in, in pieces now. Now it's more of a multimedia project where I'm just having a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and to simplify and explain it again so, so people get this, because it's, it's a, just cool conceptually. When you download the app, what is the app again that you have to download? The app, I use a third-party app that's put out by HP because I've had my own um, bats in development hell. And right now I'm using, until I can get a solid uh, software that I know I won't be taken away or won't disappear, won't, won't go the way of the unicorn, <laughs> right. um, I use Rasma, which is an HP app. And so I simply made a channel on the app now. So they do all the back-end stuff. But what I do is I craft the video and design the experience and then do the simple act of actually just linking it um, to that and, and testing it and making sure it works. Um, and basically, like, it, it basically, like, again, you put it at the Bigfoot image through your device, um, the Patterson film will show up. They're all slightly interactive, where they're connected to external links. Um, eventually, I want them to uh, go to other content. Um, I'd rather, you know, when I have more time, it's a cloud-based app, too, though, so I can, I have that freedom. I can put up a construct and say, okay, this is That's what so cool. I like, this is what's done right now, you know, let me work on other stuff, and then when I get new content, I add that. Now that's cool. I, I already like me personally wearing unique shirts that catch people's eyes. I'm a I'm an annual pass holder at Disneyland, and there and it's it's just amazing how vocal people are there when you're wearing unique shirts. They don't know what it is, and people just <laughs> talk to you in, in Disneyland. We're there a lot, so it happens. But uh, the app again is Arasma, which is A U R A S M A. And, yes. And I tell you, not only are your shirts a conversational piece just by the art that you've lovingly designed. But then you have this sort of immersive experience, the augmented reality that part that kicks in. And I tell you, it's quite the conversational piece. I mean, it's it's so neat that I, I want to have every single shirt so that I can, you know, when I'm around, I have a large family, I have a ton of friends, <laughs> and my, my wife and my in-laws, my goodness, you know, and just showing it to them, they're just wowed by it. It's just, it's like, there's nothing like it out there. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't my intention. It really started to joke. <laughs> but I realized um, just through kind of like, I don't know, I was kind of, um, you've been to a lot of cons, right? You know, you see the artist, hey, did you do this? And they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I did this, right? And they're kind of noncommittal. They don't want to talk. You're shy. It's just your stuff. You don't know what you're doing. You like it? That's super awesome. Thank you. You know, that's what we're really saying inside. But kind of the outside appearance was like, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, but what, what I liked about this was it gave me something like, hey, do you want to see something kind of cool? 
I like, you know, and, and, and it's real. It's, it's not a big yeah. sell. It's like, hey, this does something that you've never seen before. And I didn't really realize that until I started seeing people's reactions. I mean, I really stumbled upon it. People were blown away uh, uh, I, I, on the streets there. I mean, part of the street artist program there. And uh, it's an old hippie community of arts and crafts right there at Justin Vermont Plaza. And, um, and the react what's neat is the reactions at, on the street of San Francisco, the reactions at the con at Long Beach where people say exactly the same thing. Um, so I really just feel I need to start pushing this stuff out more. Long Beach was my first attempt at kind of branching out and pushing outside the Bay. It was a great learning experience and I plan, plan to do a lot more cons in LA and the region now really kind of try to hit it hard. Awesome. Well, I hope I can help. I hope Sunspots Comics can help in that respect, and that's what I that's what I plan to do. I definitely want to bring you into the family and and make sure at the top of every podcast I mention it because I I believe in it. I think it's a great uh, just conversational piece. Your art is fantastic. Like I'm currently wearing the Dio Dio de los Bigfoot, so <laughs> I love this design. So it has that Day of the Dead that that Muerte whatever it is the the Dia de Muerte kind of look to it, if you will. But you've you've tweaked it with this sort of Bigfoot skull, like what was sort of kind of behind that? What was some of the inspiration? Because it's one of my personal favorites. Well, like I, I, I love that you like that one because uh, that one, I think it's a really strong design, um, but it's one of the ones that's like, it has, it's a, there's, there's ones that are certain true believer ones and that one happens to be one of them. That one, um, the theme is cryptozoology. So I found myself just being like, you know, a, an artist about it, I guess, but mo mostly just kind of being not really paying attention as you kind of just start branching out naturally. I start pushing out on a theme, right? So I could define it as cryptozoology, but I'm naturally going to start pushing out around that. And that, I just love the sugar skulls, the Day of the Dead. Um, you know, we're in California, we see them everywhere and inundated with the images. And somehow, some way, it's my kind of kind of reinterpreting what I'm always seeing. And there's a bit of that too in a lot of my designs too, where some of this stuff I just have to get out. Like my cryptid zoo is a mock the city shirt. Where around here, everyone wears the old Golden State Warriors designs where it says the city. Mm -hmm. And that shirt is cool. It's a neat design. The classic design is cool. It's a retro shirt. But now people write the Tenderloin and the Sunset and the Oakland and they, it, the shirt annoys me. So it's my point, <laughs> like that shirt is my joking attempt to kind of Reassimilate that, make it my kind of logo shirt. It's scripted zoo. It's Cthulhu is now attack bearing down on the city. So this one is my gigantopithecus sugar skull, right? <laughs> the Day of the Dead is the human skull. Well, what if you took a gigantic, gigantopithecus? I can even say that word. Yeah, um, and make that a sugar skull, I, and that's what I came up with. And of course, I kind of always add a kind of a cartoon element to it. Yeah, it definitely has like a cartoon skull sort of feel and look, and that sort of Jack Skellington sort of comes to mind. I don't know. It's just a, it's yeah. a, it's a lot of things. Um, it's very cool. A lot of people have been, a lot of people at the con had said like, "What's that from?" And I think I wonder if it's from it has it has the Skellington influence, but I also think it has maybe unintentionally that it was a cartoon that came out recently, a Day of the Dead cartoon that I heard was really good. Oh yeah, book but, book of life. Book of Life, thank you so much. Um, I should know that. Um, and uh, <laughs> there that might movie. be some designs in there. I'm thinking that mine is very similar to. I haven't seen the movie, but I know. But I, but I, I, I thought about it. I watched the trailer again, and I'm like, these guys. I'm, I'm seeing these shapes. The shapes are repeating. You know yes. what I mean? So we subconsciously do it. It's pretty funny. You should see that. Your kids are right in that age bracket. Like that. That'll hit home for them. Even, oh yeah. Even the animation <laughs> style and everything, and it's. Uh, it's very cool. And my wife is Hispanic, and she always talks about, wow, that, that 
there's actually some actual like historical sort of facts mixed in there a little bit in a lot of the Mexican culture and how they handle things. I was like, oh, okay, but check it out. Very good. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because once I kind of made that connection, like, am I, I mean, I'm not copying these guys, but um, kind of getting the influence. Um, and so I want to watch it again just to see if they're using the same shape language I was using. And that's why it looks so familiar to people. Check it out. Check it out. Well, thanks, Julian. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. I'm a customer, uh, a shirt-wearing customer currently. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love all your stuff, and uh, I definitely want to do my part to tell our listeners again. Where can we Where can we find it? Where's home base? What's the best way to get to you? I know you're going to uh, Kamikaze, or now it's actually they just changed the name, right? Stan Lee's L.A. Kamikaze. L.A. Comic Con, right? <laughs> I like Kamikaze better. Great. Kamikaze was a great title, but I'm sad that it's gone. Good. Yeah, I'll be there at Small Press Booth. I think booth 24, somewhere in the middle. Great. I should be. And um, you can find me at CryptoZoo.com. Um, the app, the app is right on the homepage, along with um, instructions on how to use the app and how to set it up. Basically, you search for my channel and you follow it. But I have some examples on on the homepage, um, and I also have. I just realized by when I was doing some tests that. The actual app works right on the store images. Like you should be able to use your phone right on the little icons of the of, of the shop online. Oh, cool! And it technically all play. I tried tried it on my phone and, and they all work. Yeah, I tried um, a few. I tried I'm a few. A, they do work. I can say that I tried a few. Yeah, they're working. But it's pretty fun. Yeah. So um, yeah, you can do it right at CryptoZoo.com, um, and um, I'll be around at hopefully more comic conventions too. You know, Comic-Con. I'm really looking forward to. Well, definitely mm-hmm. me too, and I'll I'll definitely see you there because I'll be there as well, and uh, and I'll definitely look you up. But thank you again for partnering with Sunspots Comics. I'm definitely looking forward to our partnership growing and having fun with it, and and build both of our our, our camps <laughs> to the best that we can. Yeah. And, uh, thank you, Chris. It's really cool. No I really problem. appreciate your support. It's thank really you, awesome. and I'll continue to be a fan. And again, check out JulianCryptidZoo.com. Thanks, Julian. I'll be seeing you soon. See you in in the uh, Halloween weekend. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. All right. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. I totally did. Thank you again, Julian. I really appreciate it and all the support you're giving Sunspots Comics. And if you yourself are out there at the Stan Lee's LA Comic Con Halloween weekend, come and say hello. Stop by the Cryptid Zoo. Uh, the, there is booth. Julian's going to have a booth and you may actually even see me there. So come on by. Check out Cryptid Zoo and myself. Say hi to Chris at Sunspots Comics. That's me. Anyway, next up, I just got a quick whatchamacallit that's floating around in my nerd brain. And it's that I'm actually creating a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. That's right. I'm actually doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. And my good friend Jordan Hudson is doing the art. His art is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jordan, for that. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is just amazing. Thank you, Jordan. And I also have the website zombiedestroyers.com. So just check it out. I've actually posted four little sample pages there. You can definitely get a general kind of idea as to what the comic book is about, so please check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. And just a quick little Zombie Destroyer update, because I'm hoping to release the comic early next year, but uh, Jordan just mailed me pages 13 and 14, and I'm just putting in some finishing touches on pages 17 and 18. So it's going to hopefully end around 26 to 28 pages. Uh, We'll see how that kind of lays out, but... It's, it's so awesome to be more than halfway done. It's, it's, we're starting to see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's also just such an amazing journey uh, that I love. I love this, this creation, this, this synergy that happens between me and Jordan. It's beautiful. So I can't wait to show my comic book to you and to the world. 
Zombie Destroyer. So please check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. And just a quick mention about our spotlighting segment. I've got someone coming up very soon that I'm going to be highlighting, but the spotlighting segment ultimately is if you or someone that you know is an independent comic book creator, like myself, we here at Sunspots Comics would like to shine some Sunspots Comics love on you. And we would love to do anything we can to support, to help those struggling creators. I know what it's like. It's definitely a struggle. A ton of fun, though, at the same time. And we'd love to just help you get your comic books out there and, and give you your website and plug your work. So if you're a writist, colorist, artist, letterer, doesn't matter, just someone in the comic book world, world that's just trying to make it, send me an email, send me a review copy of your work to chris at sunspotscomics.com. I'll read your stuff. I'll check it out, and I'll do what I can to support all you independent comic book creators. So I will definitely do my part. So thank you very much for that. Check out our spotlighting segment segment from time to time. And this week I actually have just one quick comic book news article, and it's actually something that completely made my spider sense tingle. That's right. And it comes from cleantechnica.com. And it's titled, Spider-Man Would Envy This Graphene-Enhanced Silkworm Thread. So Spider-Man is notoriously closed-lipped about the formula of his webbing, of course. And it looks like the folks over at China's Singhu University, they have a silkworm version of the mysterious web that they're actually working on. This research team at the school has been actually taking silkworms and adding graphene, graphene and carbon nanotubes into their food to kind of engineer and amp up the silk threading. Basically, they're they're finding now that the silk that comes out of this, I guess, uh, enhanced meal that they feed these silkworms is more than two times as strong as ordinary silk, which is very, very cool. And I'll put this article, of course, and share it on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Sunspots Comics, but... It's very, very cool that even in the in the excrement of these silkworms, that it, they're not secreting it. That they're actually, it is sort of changing their DNA, <laughs> which is like a comic book story in itself, right? Changing the DNA of silkworm, of a silkworm, so that the the actual fibers, the, the silk comes out of it is two times as strong, and it's in, in, infused with graphene and and these nanotube technology, this carbon. So it's very, very cool. They're actually like spraying it onto leaves with an applicator that they strap to their wrist. What? <laughs> that's right. So that's why that article, of course, made my spider sense tingle. So check out that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Sunspox Comics. So that's just our one little comic book news article. So let's jump right into my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my reviews and recommendations of all the comic books that I read for New Comic Book Day, October 12th. And spoiler alert, but don't really worry. I work seriously hard on reading, reading these comic books 3, 4, 7, 11, 19 times and just telling you about some of the great parts to keep you interested and just kind of inspire you to buy it so I don't want to spoil everything. I definitely stay away from the last couple of pages, so no worries there. And But you have been warned if you are a 0.0% spoiler kind of person which I'm kind of like you really don't have to worry but there you go there's the spoiler alert and to see everything that I'm reading all of the favorite picks since May of 2015 just go to sunspotscomics.com click on the pull list you'll see everything there all 121 titles I'm currently reading which is nuts and if you actually click on the top comic book link you'll see all of the top picks that I've had since May of 2015. So it's a great place just to look at that list and buy those. You will not be disappointed. 
because I really spend a lot of time to make sure I'm giving you the proper, just awesome recommendation that'll just, the more for your buck, right? The more bang for your buck. That's what it's all about is to save you some money and get you right to the good stuff. And I recently updated and compacted and simplified sunspotscomics.com, so please go check it out. I'm super proud of it. And this week, the art winner is Greg Capullo for his work on Reborn Number 1. It's just some of his, honestly, his best work that I've, I mean, he did the Batman run for so long, but he really, truly seems super inspired by this story written by Mark Millar. And his art is so clean, it even goes in those, in that area of Joel Jones from, I mean, it kind of goes into that area where it's so crisp and it's a throwback and and it has just such beautiful lines, all the emotions, the faces. You have to give props to his colorist as well. That's just just doing such fantastic work. Uh, FCO Placencia. And it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's very finished, but very high-intense, hyper-realistic cartooning style, if there is such a thing. That's where Greg Capullo lives. And just so many vibrant, beautiful colors on this. But it's definitely not realistic. It has that comic book feel and cartoony feel. But he adds and kicks up the realism with a lot of these little close-ups on the facial features and the emotions. And absolute art winner. Gorgeous this week. By a landslide. Just absolutely won it. So thank you, Greg, Greg Capullo, for your beautiful art. And the art cover winner is also from Reborn Number 1, but it's one of the variant covers from the Scottish artist Mark Simpson, a.k.a. Jock. It is just beautiful, and it's of this... This, this woman that's actually kind of shooting her brains out with a gun, but out of the back of her head is this gorgeous sort of jungle of green that's coming out. That's, that's also tied into the storyline, which I'll get into maybe later. But it is gorgeous and striking and beautiful, set on this white, white backdrop. So it really has that this brown of the, of the woman and this green contrast of this explosion coming out of the back of her brain that's not blood. And it's gorgeous. Thank you, Jock. What a beautiful, beautiful cover. And he's an amazing artist. Look look up Jock and just buy anything that he's made. You will not be disappointed. He's amazing. I just wish there was more of his stuff out there. And this week, I actually brought tw- uh, bought 20 comics altogether, and eight of them made my favorite pick list, which is less than that 50%. I'm trying to get... I'm always trying to... In hopes that more than 50% of them will make the great list. I mean, there were a ton of goods... And that's not what I go over here. I go over the greats, the sort of 4.5 or 5 out of 5 possible, 5 sunspots. That's where I kind of live as to where my recommendations are coming from, just so you know. And there were 5 new number 1s this week. There was Chimichanga, there was Worlds of Appalachia, Reborn, Clone Conspiracy, James Bond Hammerhead. And only one of them, one of the 5, made it to my top picks, which I'll tell you here in just a moment. So, here we go. These are my favorite comic book picks for New Comic Book Day, October 12th. You should buy these immediately. Here we go. Coming in at number eight is Clone Conspiracy number one. So, there you go. Uh, that's, uh, that's one of the new number ones. I'm sorry. Two of the new number ones made it to the top picks. I was wrong. There's actually two. Uh, but that's one of them. That's Clone Conspiracy number one. And it's definitely my nostalgia pick of the week. It is uh, something of a blast from the past. It is the going into the Clone Saga. I mean, there's so many things reminiscent of when they did the Clone Saga in Spider-Man in the, I want to say, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s in that neighborhood there. This is written by Dan Slott, who's been doing Spider-Man for years now. He does a fantastic job. And penciler Jim Chung. I mean, Jim 
is a fantastic artist. He's currently doing Paper Girls, so check that out. You got to give props to the inker, John Dell. The coloring is beautiful in this. Just vibrant colors. Very kind of hero-esque. Very what you're looking for in a Spider-Man comic. And the sequence here in the opening sequence of someone that passes away, I won't tell you who it is, but a major person that passes away is a little heartbreaking right here at the beginning, but you can feel those emotions, and that's why I definitely liked it. You can see all the primary Spider-Man cast there all having a hard time with this person passing. And I tell you, Peter Parker's got a challenge here. J. Jonah Jameson is coming at him hard because of who passed away, and J.J.J. feels it's Peter's fault, and that is just kicks in that nostalgia groove here where uh, they were kind of getting along for a while but they're most definitely not they're uh, they are going to be at odds with each other here and it's going to be interesting to see where that goes and there's a ton of paneling in the next few sequences here so my goodness Jim Chang I know that must have been seriously challenging but they really move the story along here and Peter's visiting as an, an employee here to, to make sure that that new U technology because it isn't going to be killing people because every time he comes near someone that has new you augmentation or or organs that have been cloned his spider sense is going 12 just off off the scale and he's kind of following up with this person and his spider sense is still going nuts and there there has been the organization is definitely telling them now that anyone that has organs or or they don't even know there are clones at this point has to take these pills or they or bad things happen to them i don't want to tell you every little bit about it but so now Spider-Man's got to jump into the suit and go investigate new, new you and see exactly what's happening. And that's ultimately the gist. I don't want to give you a whole ton more. But there is a great fight sequence here. That's all I'll tell you about with the Rhino and Electroette. Electret? There's a little funny sequence there about, about Spider-Man trying to figure out what her name is as well. And that's just fun. So it's it's what you want. It's smart Alec quips. It's, it's the thwips. It's all of that that beautiful Spider-Man coloring that you want. It's it's fun and happy and and he's a jokester and it's and it's exactly what you want and I'm definitely it's it's piqued my interest. I'm intrigued. I have to see where this this clone conspiracy goes, right? I think it's going to be interesting. So that's why it made my number 8 pick of the week. And coming in at number 7 is Briggsland. That is from Image Comics or Dark Horse Comics, I'm sorry. And this is written by Brian Wood and art by Mac Chatter. And let me tell you, there's trouble a-brewing at the Briggs compound. So it's ultimately of this, I guess like a hundred square miles of wilderness that this Briggs family owns. And they live in their own sort of community, commune, <clears throat> where they're self-reliant. They've kind of created their own little sovereign nation, I guess, as anti-government uh, secessionists. And this is, I, I tell you... This is getting better and better, and that's why I'm definitely in on this, but this is the story of Julianne Moore, the actress. <laughs> that's who she looks like in this. I can't get over it. I showed it to my wife, Patsy, and I'm like, Patsy, didn't they draw this character to look exactly like Julianne Moore, the actress, who right off the bat, she was in the Hunger Games as the president woman. I forgot what her, her name was, but even my wife was like, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like Julianne Moore. Well, it seems like they're making a pitch here. For a possible maybe movie or TV series to get Julianne Moore into it. But it is very much done upon the likeness of Julianne Moore. So if you're a fan of Julianne Moore, looks just like her. I mean, not in every single panel, but but a lot of them. And this is uh, her trying to take over the, the whole family commune. It was, it was, it was uh, supervised and ran uh, with an iron fist by her husband. And she is uh, her husband's in prison. And so she's decided to take over. 
the family business, the family commune, this this compound. And it's not going over very well for Mr. Briggs. He, Mr. Briggs is sending people to assassinate her, and she's got to watch out for her, her every move and her kids. Uh, she's not quite sure if her children are sort of in on destroying her or in on her taking over. I mean, she does have one son, which I really like, that he came from Afghanistan, did his tours of duty, and is totally on his mom's side. And she ultimately wants to... This is where the core of the story is, folks, and why you should buy this. She's ultimately trying to put this family, the Briggs family and their and their commune, on the right path. They've get, got involved with some drugs and some bad things, and they also have these set of rules that Mr. Briggs implements onto everyone that are extremely unreasonable and very intense and harsh and she wants to do her part to make it more of a realistic community and and fair and honest and reasonable and there's even this flashback sequence of what mr briggs does to this man that abuses his daughters i mean it's gruesome he does put them down uh, with a shotgun but then like banishes the wife and kids like they didn't do anything they were innocents here and that's a primary example of what Mrs. Briggs is trying to change. And you, so you feel for her, you root for her, and that's the core of the story. That's why I say continually read Briggsland, add it to your pull list. It's super good, and it's fun, and it's realistic and gritty. The art is, is definitely a reflection of that as well. Very realistic, very dark, very gritty, and it's very violent and very adult in nature. But it's it's kind of this, like, this southern, this southern uh, soap opera, but I'm loving it. It's fantastic. So check out Julianne Moore <laughs> in Briggsland. <laughs> and coming in at number six uh, from Marvel Comics is Moon Knight, uh, number seven. And it's written by Jeff Lemire, artist Francisco Francovia, who's gorgeous. He has that he does that afterlife with Archie, and he's dark and noir and, and kind of 70s feel. And James Stokey, who's doing a very kind of science fiction, kind of 80s science fiction vibe and feel here with James Stokey's art. And I'm loving it. So... This is just a beautiful glimpse into the mind of someone that has multiple personality disorder. <laughs> so that's that's the core of this. If you want to watch this twisted, strange comic book unfold about a person that has this insane disorder, uh, then you're going to love this, and that's why I love it. But at the beginning portion, you have Mark Spector flying these moon ships on this moon planet near near, or maybe it's some other planet. I'm not sure if it's the moon. Fighting these wolf aliens, these wolf space creatures, and they call them space wolves. <laughs> I mean, how great is that? <laughs> yeah, Moon Knight fighting space wolves. I mean, there you go. That, enough said. There you go. It's done. <laughs> but right in the middle of this sort of this this battle, this giant sort of epic space drama battle of like you know a hundred moon ships versus a hundred of these of the space wolves like in in, the, in i guess it is earth and and the moon around the moon in this moon space station and this this there's lasers and explosions and it's very kind of star wars serenity star trek action going on in space just a ton of fun and then he just boom uh switches to where he's now driving a cab in the 70s and he's going to crash his car and he doesn't know which one is real, which I love that. That's the whole concept of Moon Knight is what is reality and what is not. And is all of it a dream? Is some of it a dream? Is part of it real? Well, it goes between this very dark, shady afterlife with Archie style purples and orange and dark noir kind of Watchmen looking to this space epic, you know, action adventure drama between those two worlds. Which one is real? You don't really know. He's chasing these sort of back into the... 
space age part of it he's chasing this uh the space wolf leader and it's sort of the the leader versus mark specter it's kind of come down to that in his last ditch effort to defeat the space wolves and then when it flashes to this 70s noir he's a taxi driver it's uh, him getting into a car crash and frenchie is there and what happens to frenchie you gotta watch you gotta look at it you gotta buy this to see but it is just good stuff it's a mess it's weird it's mind twisting it's bending and the art is ridiculous beautiful and like i said two complete different genres in there and it's just a lot of fun get moon knight you will not be disappointed just go back from number one beautiful stuff that's why moon knight is my number six and coming in at number five is from vertigo comics unfollow number 12 and unfollow has been a top pick and in the top picks uh, for at least four or five times that I can kind of remember off the top of my head. But uh, this is uh, sort of the original artist is back too, Mike Dowling. He sort of dips in and out, but I'm glad he's back on this one because it's a it's sort of a, a pivotal tale here um, in this strange sort of social experiment, this death race, uh, kill or be killed kind of weird social media experiment that's going on that is the heart of Unfollow. And uh, written by Rob Williams, beautiful writing from him. And he does this thing where he kind of has the Twitter feeds of these individuals there that tie right into the story. And it gives you sort of what's inside their brain with these Twitter feeds, which is very cool. Or inside their brain in a way that they feel that they're trying to be a celebrity and in ways they are. Because ultimately, 140 people were selected to share uh, something billions of dollars. And so they're, they're killing themselves off in this weird social media world that is very reminiscent to kind of what's going on in our own world but this hyper strange insane world where all these people uh, that have been chosen to get the billions are uh, killing each other so at the heart of this story is sort of in my opinion the most interesting character here his uh, name is dave austins who is uh, from i want to say st louis kind of an ordinary everyday guy that had to go through some struggles of leaving his sister behind and they didn't give him the money yet Yet he's got family and people going through things in St. Louis that sort of need his help. And he also has these visions of like a leopard talking to him and telling him to become this leader and giving him pointers and tips to, to, to make sure that he stays alive. And some of those pointers and tips are working. And so he's starting to maybe believe it's not just a vision, but he's starting to listen to the advice of this leopard. And he super takes the advice of the leopard in this. And really kind of becomes a major player in this and steps up as like a major leader. And that's the, uh, to me, the core interesting part of this is his character has definitely evolved and changed into this sort of very timid guy into now who I believe is going to be the head leader and I think will outlive them all. And that's kind of what you're, what you're seeing here. They kill more characters off every week and definitely there's some here that don't make it. And the number goes dramatically down. There is a, at the, at the cover, there is a number started with 140 we're at 129 and there is this compound <laughs> community uh that is run by akira and this akira guy is really strange and interesting he like cut his own legs off as a as a statement against the, his own japanese government and he's this this sort of sort of celebrity by doing strange things and writing this book that <laughs> is really kind of just gibberish but his own sort of uh his own sort of strange philosophy ideas, this character Akira, and that's interesting in itself because you have this sort of um, uh, kind of a Kardashian, if you will, that's in the compound. That's also one of the 140 
that is very vapid, sort of not very likable, very kind of selfish person, doesn't care about people. She has sort of random sort of sexual escapades, and she's just not someone you really like. But even her character is evolving into someone that cares, and they are. this compound is headed for destruction. She's figured that out by reading his book of gibberish. <laughs> And she's trying to get people to leave and trying to save people. And it's interesting to see that kind of change in her. It's happened a little faster than Mr. Dave Austin's. Because you, she really went from completely unlikable to, man, she's actually trying to help some folks. But I like that character development. That's the key in the heart to unfollow. Is seeing, and and it's, it's taking its time. It's not really rushed. The character development here is top notch. So fantastic work. Check out Unfollow. That's why it's my number four. So here we go. Now, breaking into the top three comic books this week. Coming in at number three from Marvel Comics is Daredevil. Number 12, this is the Dark Art Part 3, written by Charles Soule, who's an actual attorney, which is very cool, and Ron Garney on art. And you gotta give props to colorist Matt Miller, because it's got that Frank Miller feel to it. Blacks, whites, contrasty things, and then splashes of red, and a lot of shadowing. Uh, props to Ron and Matt. They are just in sync here, folks. Not the band. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> it's just gorgeous. And I love the fresh new feel here. You've got two main brand new characters. Number one, this brand new villain, which I love that we don't quite know to know his name yet. Is he Muse? I can he's kind of playing around around with that. Or Vincent Van Gore. I kind of like that. Just a fun play on words, etc. And I like that he's an artist. He has this, to me, like this feeling of uh, the Joker in a smidge of a way that the joke does it for the laugh, or you know, the Joker does it for the laugh. He's kind of doing these vicious killings of of Inhumans in particular because he believes it's it's his artistic expression. So very twisted and demented villain, and he's brand new, and I like that because there aren't a lot of maybe none, maybe zero sort of superhero comics right now that I can know of or think of off the top of my head that has a brand new villain that seems very interesting and is deep and is definitely has some some intricacies here that are written in him even his costume and his look the the way that the eyes are he has this white suit yet very commando-ish uh, in his lower half of his body he's just very white and then like his eyes are red and they're just kind of like bleeding down his face and he's wearing like a black beanie, so there's a little bit of ridiculous and also a little bit of horrific mixed in there. And then they add that he is this strange artist that's making these these large uh, paintings with the blood of Inhumans. So crazy. So we also get to, for me, I don't live in the world of Inhumans very much, but they, they, they dive into here. You get to see Medusa, and you get to see this brand new sort of... Uh, this head agent of security who kind of reminds me of like a Coulson from Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's an Inhuman. He's like the Inhuman special agent, head of security for the Inhumans. And Medusa, uh, Daredevil comes for help. Like, we need help to find this serial killer. He can't find him. He's uh, using flash grenades. Muse, or uh, Vincent Van Gogh, is using, like, flashbangs because he knows Daredevil's blind and kind of knows his weakness, and he can get away with that. And uh, that's just interesting. And so he goes to the Inhumans for help because they're killing Inhumans. And Medusa's like, no. And there's definitely something more there, but she doesn't explain. They uh, Hats off to, to writer Charles Soule. He just makes you so frustrated right here because she's just like, no, I'm not helping you. Sorry. Uh, we'll get to it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, there's a uh, gift for you on your way out. <laughs> Grab a bag on the way out. Um, 
But she's just like unflinching. She's like, no, we're not going to help you. Yes, the Inhumans are being murdered, but uh, tough. We're going to figure out. Those are our people. Uh, you're your people. And it's just, it's just frustrating. And, and I like that. It definitely evokes that emotion. But you got that Agent Coulson slash uh, he's also Inhuman himself. That kind of pulls Matt uh, to the side and says like, look, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some info, but let's do it on the DL. Let's, do sh- let's, let's I'll hand you some stuff, but quietly. And I like that. That's his in because because um, Medusa's not helping. So there's just a lot happening here. He's hot on the trail. He can't find Muse. He needs to find him fast. More Inhumans are being killed. And then there's the fight sequence with Karnak. And I've been loving that Karnak series. Go get that. It's been top picks in the past. The recent Karnak run for Marvel. And it almost seems like he looks... I mean, I, I, it's staggering or hard to to jump right in, right? When a, a visiting character looks completely different than what you've just recently been reading. They don't do that here. Karnak is just seems to be cut right out of the Karnak line. And it looks and fits and feels perfectly like this team-up. But there is a fight sequence here that Karnak's ability is to see the flaw in everything. So he knows in about 10 seconds fighting Daredevil that he's blind. I love the uh, the dialogue here and the fight sequence between them. Because Karnak is a super amazing sort of fighter that just continually looks at or can see the weakness in each person. No matter if they're super powered or not. And it's a great fight sequence. That's the core of it. It's just the my fight of the week right here. Daredevil and Karnak. Check it out. So that's why it made my number three. And coming in at number two is the series finale of Darth Vader, issue number 25. And there were only a few covers uh, made for it, about 700 to be exact. (laughs) So, yeah, hard to just pick one because there's about 37 of them that are super, super good if you're into covers. This is written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador LaRocca, color by Edgar Delgado, and... This just sort of reestablishes Darth Vader as a badass. I mean, there was some, uh, I don't know, during the 25 issues of this, some sort of uh, ebb and flow of when you're like, wow, uh, Darth Vader's a little more sensitive and nice than you would think he would be. And then, mm, okay, the badass meter up to 10. This kind of keeps the badass meter at 10 continually for this this issue. And that is what I want. And you will want. We want Darth Vader that way, um, cruel, uh, surprisingly evil and mean and powerful, and you get that here, you get it, so go get it. <laughs> but, I mean, neat that they're ending it on 25. It, seem, it seems like we're going to see another Darth Vader run, maybe in the very near future. But to encapsulate 25 issues, it's great. I'm sure they're going to put it in a hardbound collection. That'll be fun to have. <clears throat> but this is that Dr. Afra lady who has finally been sort of ducking and weaving and bobbing and and getting away from Darth Vader because she ultimately is betraying him. She was working for him, but now she's going straight to the Emperor to kind of tell her everything. And the kind of cool little nugget here is when she blurbs it all out to the Emperor that they were in cahoots and he was trying to, Darth was sort of trying to undermine other authority in the Empire and make his own little Empire the Emperor was happy about it. <laughs> and that makes complete sense. Like, I didn't see that coming. That, why wouldn't, in the area of the Sith and the Emperor, why wouldn't the Emperor want Darth to just be super strong and to and to, and to rule with an iron fist and be that number one? That's just sort of their 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 ethics. Their, the way that they're designed as Sith. It's to be the strongest. The strongest will survive. The Emperor knows, hey, if you're the strongest, then you'll destroy me. That's the way the Sith live. And I love that. It was great. I mean, 
What a surprise. Didn't see that coming. What happens to Dr. Afra is the very core of this comic. You have to see what happens. It's it, it's great. Um, that's really all I need to tell you because <laughs> it's it seems very short and sweet in this. Not a whole ton of dialogue. Moves very quickly, but it is a lot of lot of fun. And there is a side sequence here. Zero dialogue with Darth and Tatooine and the Sand People that is completely memorable and beautiful and each page could be cut out and I have to give props to that artist, Max Fiumara. And no dialogue sequences are something that are very interesting. Uh, they can either be an absolute beautiful success or kind of a complete mess for these sequences or even full comics that have zero dialogue because that's a hard thing to do to really tell a story that sort of makes sense. But when it happens, it is beautiful and so memorable. Like this issue of Batgirl a while back that had zero dialogue, an entire uh, 28 pages of zero dialogue was gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, Batgirl, I'll find that and refer it to you later. I'll put it in, in the feeds. But this little sequence of Darth Vader on Tatooine with Sand People at the end, don't miss it. It's something special. And it's real simple and it's it tied into sort of uh, what happens when young teenager sort of Anakin visits the Sand People. But this is Darth Vader. So... Uh, kind of a neat little tie-in that's a canon. I kind of like that. But that's why Darth Vader, it just, uh, it's just Darth Vader is a badass. That's the core of it. Get it for that alone. But great, uh, fantastically written. What a great little uh, other stuff that happens here you have to see regarding Dr. Afra. But just go buy it. It's uh, great. You, you could just buy this, honestly, issue number 25, and be super, super, super happy. But it'll inspire you to buy the others, <laughs> which is smart. Smart writing. Very, very, very smart. So very good. But the number one pick of the week. Here we go. This is it. The numero uno for New Comic Book Day, October 12th. It Out of 20 comics, it was my number one hands down. I read it three or four times. Easy pick of the week. And that is from Image Comics Reborn number one. This is written by Mark Millar. I 89.5% of the time love everything Mark Millar does. And this is drawn by Greg Capullo, who is the artist winner of the week. And again, that that variant cover by Jock is out of this world. You have to see it. Got to give props to Ink, the Inkist Jonathan Glapione and colorist FCO Placentia. Because it is so beautifully colored here. Just pinks and blues and oranges in this strange green and jungle-like world. And then even just today, just modern day. But the close-ups on the face, the, the close-up and just the attention to detail on the backdrops in the area is gorgeous. That's why it's the art winner. But Reborn number one truly affected me and will resonate me resonate within me for a while because of, of the subject matter of death. It's it's very fascinating. It's, it's done in a really super real way. There is the, the life of uh, this Bonnie, our main character, uh, or known as Grammy or Mrs. Black. Where even you see, um, before she passes on to the afterlife, this super really touching, heartfelt moment where you see her, la her life flash before her eyes. And it's truly a beautiful piece of art. It really did touch me, and it will to you. You'll feel it emotionally because of the way that the eyes are drawn, the facial features. It's just beautiful. But going at the beginning of this, the premise is that um, when you pass away, you're... Uh, you're in this awesome sort of Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones kind of world where there's this giant epic war going on. 
<laughs> and that's the that's the ultimate gist. Very cool premise. That's why I'm on board. Art is like I said, a plus. But you have some people that are dying here, and then kind of showing who they are in the afterlife. And it's a little jarring at first because some people will be older, and it's like their best, most at fit, most muscular version of themselves in the afterlife. <laughs> so if they were even kind of kind of schlubby in the real world. <laughs> Uh, you know, with, with the receding hairlines, etc., and whatnot, they're like these beautiful people. So kind of everyone is beautiful in the afterlife, which is a little strange. So what? You get past that. <laughs> and then they leave that alone and show this little bit of this epic battle, this humongous laid out two-page splash of this of this armada. This uh, they even have like a giant. It's like this going across this beautiful. This beautiful epic valley and knoll uh, of these rolling hills, and it's just uh, impending doom on its way. When there's like mm, nine people standing there about to fight ten thousand, yeah, how does that work? <laughs> and then boom, you're back into the real world, and sort of more people passing away and making it to the afterlife. And then you go back into Bonnie's life, where she's sort of with her granddaughter at a convalescent home. And she's walking around with an IV, you know, attached to her, and yet she's smoking, and she just knows that, that, you know, the impending doom of death is coming, and she's reflecting upon her life, and it's, it's, it truly gave me the chills, I, I, honestly, I teared up a couple of times, it's just like, if you've ever lost a grandmother, it's like, uh, it, it's, it reminds you of that, and it's gonna, it's gonna tug on them heartstrings, and it's beautiful. I love it when that happens in comics to where uh, it can make you think of people that have that have passed. It can make you ponder on on life and death. And this comic does that. Absolutely does that. So by Reborn number one. That's all I want to tell you because there's a cliffhanger at the end. Um, but beautiful sequence to where she passes. I mean, it's scary and frightening. And then she's at peace. And it's it's uh, yeah, the subject matter and the and the outfits you gotta love them. Yes, everyone's beautiful in the afterlife, but they're also wearing kind of very cool. Uh, it's a mixture of like sort of space, like a space outfit and space helmets and Buzz Lightyearish in a smidge of a way, and then Games of Throny and Lord of the Rings kind of all kind of meshed in there. And she has a weird symbol on her hand that seems to light up. Does that do something? Does she have powers? But she also seems to be picked as the chosen one that they've been waiting for for a long time. So what is that? What does a chosen one do? What is, does she have powers? What's what's going to happen in this insane afterworld of this, <laughs> this out of the fire and into the frying pan, this giant, these monsters in this giant horde are, are coming to destroy all of them. Dragons. I mean, it's just crazy. So that's why... Hands down, easily, Reborn number one was my absolute number one pick of the week. It is it is a winner, folks. It's beautiful. It's top-notch stuff. It's writer and artist uh, just coming together in this beautiful synergy. It is an A-plus comic, and I couldn't recommend it anymore to you. It's, it's beautiful. So there you go. There you have it. Those are all of my comic book recommendations for a new comic book day, October 12th. So please, just get out your seat and walk on over to a local comic book shop. Support them, support their small business, and buy these comic books immediately. And uh, please, if you have any questions, comments, or maybe you want a more personal comic book recommendation for what you may like or things you're into, just email me or hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, at Sunspots Comics, or email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. Thank you very much. And if I do, uh, if you do write in and I give you a recommendation or I pick your email to be on the show... I'll send you a free little comic book prize right from me. It's just a thank you. 
And please sign up for our uh, Sunspots Comics newsletter on sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in next week. Issue number 77 is going to be jam-packed. i got 20 comic books that I'm reading. Uh, five new number ones again. That seems to be the, lately, the 20 and 5 are kind of my thing. It's where I live. It's my jam. And hopefully all my local, my local comic book shop will have all five of these new number ones. So I can, hopefully they'll make them the pick list and I'll talk to you about them. So thank you again so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to just help us out a little bit, just go to iTunes. Just uh, give us a positive review with five stars. I'll personally thank you right here on the podcast if you do so. And thank you again to Julian, our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo, our brand new sponsor. I'm so excited. Uh, most importantly, I'm a fan first of Cryptid Zoo. I wear the shirts and I will continue to wear them. I recommend that you do. Very beautiful and unique looking art with that augmented reality. It's very, very cool. Don't forget, of course, to go to cryptidzoo.com and use the code SUNSPOTSCOMICS to get 25% off. Thank you for that, Julian, and for doing giving a little something to our Sunspots Comics listeners. And so I'll see you next week again, and, and don't forget, my friends, be like water. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Comics now.